Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of the Chakraway Meditation Podcast. Today I'm joined by, um, well, well you know, he, he gave me permission to introduce him however he wanted me to. So I'm going to say I'm looking at a really over-enthusiastic like puppy dog of a man. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> weren't expecting that. So I'm today I'm talking to Di, Di, Di Manuel. Sorry, I've really butchered your name there. Di, which is a Welsh name, Manuel, Portuguese. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but a dude from Vancouver is the is the <laughs> bottom line. So welcome, Di. Thanks Sorry. for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Roseanne. You know, it's great to be here. I know it's been uh well, let's just say it, it's been a labor of effort <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to get us. And but my life's been just all over. But I, I feel so good that we're finally connected. You know. Yeah, finally. no, it's great. It's really good. And, and your energy is so infectious. And <laughs> I kind of feel like this is your MO. This is what you do is you are Mr. Energy Infectious guy. Mm. And you go out there and you share this with as many people as you possibly can, which is wonderful it's beautiful but when i look at your you know what you do there's Mm -hmm. a fantastic bedrock of something that everybody can relate Mm -hmm. to which Mm -hmm. is you know you said you're a dad and you've been Mm -hmm. dating your wife for 23 years so you dig Mm -hmm. your wife which is pretty cool most women want to hear that so (laughs) but what do you actually do di what do you actually do You know, there's always a, I mean, it's one of those big questions that we often get, right? It's like, what do you do? And and sure, you know, at different phases in my life, I, I, I'd i have a stock answer, right? The elevator pitch, right? Like, <laughs> what can you describe yourself as in 30 seconds? And, and I, I realized, you know, just as life has sort of brought me down some different paths, uh, certain things, especially around titling, it, it just became something that I found it was always peg-holing me into something that really didn't feel like the perfect fit. You know, and and so why I'm saying all this is uh, when I'm asked what I do, it, it, it's it's really whatever I feel like I want to do. And, and and sorry, that sounds really vague and cryptic, but what I mean by that is, I my wife and I we went through a, a shift, you know, about 14 years ago, and and it was huge for me because um, I, I did a TEDx talk where I actually shared about my struggles with alcohol, and. You know, it was a big crutch in my life that was there for about 15 years, you know, from my late teens into my early 30s. And it was just always present as a way of coping and escaping and just really distracting myself from what I believe were the big stressors and anxieties of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was tough because during that time, I also scaled a business uh, with a business partner to eight figures a year and, and had my two children, you know, met my wife. You know, I did some pretty big milestones in my life happened during that 15 years with alcohol very present. Yeah. Um, 
And it always felt a bit out of alignment, you know, like a little bit of a, as they say, you know, that imposter syndrome, because most of my career for the last 30 years has been in the health and wellness industries. And I support people with change. Mm. And, but my business I had before for 17 years was in the retail space, uh, omni-channel. So it was online sales and brick and mortar sales and, and, and B2B business, uh, like corporate government, uh, military, that kind of sales as well. So when people needed fitness equipment, they would often source it from our company. And I loved it. I actually, I, I really loved the space. But when you go through a big personal change, and, and I call it uh, sort of the mid midlife crisis, you know, I, I came to a realization after my wife asked me a question. And she just simply said, Die, are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? That's and a good that question. Time, it that was the, the question. Yeah, it was and changed everything for me. So, you know, had we met 14 years ago and had the same conversation and you asked me, well, what do you do? I would have had a very stock answer. But ever since then, really, what do I do now? I try to show up as that man, you know, that 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 modeled man, you know, I've been a man who identifies as a man. So, again, I know language is important on this part, but as a man who identifies as a man and and has a, a life like that mm -hmm. uh, with that intention, you know, um, now it's, it's all about, am I doing the things that best role model and mentor, you know, because modeling and mentorship are really the two ways we all learn mm -hmm. um, or teach. Mm -hmm. and am I being that guy? Am I being an excellent example of, you know, me? So I can honestly say, yeah, I'm being the guy that I would love my daughters to end up with a guy like me, you know? And, and so everything I do is under that sort of, of I don't want to say theme, but maybe that that filter is through which I pass things. Yeah. And 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 really, I just help people change, both personally and professionally, and that's what I do. You know. Yeah. It's, that's it's really interesting because, you know, to to look at your, you know, I scroll back through your Instagram and so mm -hmm. on. And there's mm -hmm. lots of um, pictures of you know the fitness aspect of your yeah. life yeah. is obviously very big great you know yes. everybody needs Huge. to be fit you know we get a lot of mental how you know benefits from being physically yeah. fit so that's a yeah. kind of you know ground zero that's a absolute basic <laughs> which is fantastic but what I'm what I'm hearing is like you are create well not creating but you're you have made a conscious decision to be the best version of yourself that you can be in, in order to model that to your daughter as like, this is what a real man or what a good man is like. So where did you get your sort of groundworks for that? Hmm. Like, where does, where's your model for that? That's a really good question. And <laughs> to be fair, at the time, I, I struggled because I was just doing what every other guy was doing in my sphere. You know, when I think about the people I was around all the time, you know, the term vulnerability was not something that we saw as being positive. It, mm -hmm. it was negative. You know, it was yeah. like, you know, communicating your emotions. No, <laughs> unless it's anger. Obviously, you can show anger. Um, but that was pretty much it. You know, everything else is is just sort of even keel. And, that, and again, that's just what was being modeled with the people I was hanging out with. Mm. But there was also some other habits and behaviors that never felt aligned with me, but yet I would continue to do it because it's, again, it was normal. That was the normal thing to do in that group. And what I mean by that is, yeah, we'd go watch UFC at the pub, you know, go watch the fights. And, um, <laughs> you know, we get a few rounds in and, uh, it, you know, the conversations just start bagging about our wives, you know, or talking about our kids, maybe not in a positive way, you know, like I found that the conversation would often go to some more negative sort of venting session, if you will. But also it was very surface, you know, I didn't feel like there was a lot of depth to the conversation. It's not very much connection, mm -hmm. yeah. but that was normal and it was okay. And yeah. we would drink and it didn't matter. And we'd mute our phones or turn them off so we could tell our wives, oh man, my phone died. Sorry, honey, I lost track of time. You know, like just these interesting things that I never believed that's who I was. And, and those weren't things that I valued. And in fact, I wanted to do the opposite, but yet I found myself constantly doing these things that was directly contradictory to, to the kind of person I did feel that I was always, that I was, but also continuing to evolve into. And mm -hmm. uh, that creates a lot of internal strife. You know, lots of us can relate to that, you know, in different ways. And 
it was really challenging, very challenging. But when I removed the alcohol, because it started as a one-year commitment to not have any alcohol, which would have been the longest stint of not drinking I had ever done since age 17, you know, putting this in context again, I was 32 at the time when I made this commitment. And I learned very quickly, I needed help. And this is where the vulnerability piece comes in, because up to that point, I never asked for help. Mm. In fact, I was the opposite. I was the guy, I'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. I'll do it myself because I can do it best. You know, like I, I, <laughs> I'd get frustrated if I had other people to try to help. And I, this is a real issue with me trying to develop my leadership skills, especially early on in my professional career, because I wasn't very, very good at, at asking for help. You know, um, I thought it would be a weakness or I'd be judged, you, you know, as someone That's that doesn't have common. his stuff together. Yeah, it's common with men, I think. To I think you're right. Mm. I think you're right. Yeah. That's so nice. And so, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'll just cut the story short, but ultimately got to a place where um, I realized, you, you know, I needed some support, some help to really create the space to explore well what kind of man do I want to be not only for for my girls and for my communities for my co-workers you know but 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 for me mm. and by removing the alcohol I realized that is a big question and one I'm not too sure on how to answer right now mm. um and so it was what started a one-year journey of really going inward you know a lot of introspection uh, um, a lot of tough questions. And I also found a psychiatrist I worked with for four and a half months, found a relationships counselor that helped me with my communication skills. I basically went all in you did. on the inner inner work. Yeah. You know? oh and so many people need, yeah. I mean, this, this is wonderful stuff. Like I love it when people just make that conscious decision and it kind of has, mm-hmm. does have to be a conscious decision to just go, okay, mm. Things aren't great. So what is it? And a lot of people look outwards for a support, (laughs) a coping mechanism. And quite often that coping mechanism is a numbing thing. So like drink or drugs or sex or, you know, whatever it is, whatever, yeah, whatever the vice is, but we, we go outwards looking for it. But if we can go outwards and actually be vulnerable and help and go actually I don't know what I'm doing and I and I do need help and I need some direction that is that is such there is such strength in being able to do that especially for a guy I think that it is it takes a lot and I think that there's a lot of people who don't do it because they're scared that they'll be judged or they're scared that it'll be too much hard work or changing or you know something not pleasant and it's much easier to stay in your comfort zone isn't it than Uh, absolutely absolutely Absolutely. i mean it's easy to get into that normal sort of autopilot mode right where it's just Um, day in day out i always laugh at that old bill murray movie groundhog's day right like we just sort of get into this habit it's it's wash rinse repeat and and a lot of the habits are just normalized and the problem is is we're also normalizing things that we don't value you know but yet it's just part of my life and mm-hmm. and making that conscious decision to say, no, I want to move away from this to move into something new or something that feels more aligned with what's important to me. That, that is, it's daunting because when you start to ask that question, you really start to do the introspection. Like I did, you know, going through that period that year, I realized that this path that I'd been on, you know, this professional career path, mm-hmm. I started to question, well, why am I actually on this path? You know, and it was in my mind, well, I'm a partner of this company that we've built and we're scaling and we're continuing to grow. And I just thought this is where I'm meant to be for the rest of my life, you know, professionally speaking. And uh, you start doing that introspective work and you start to realize that maybe what you thought was the path is no longer the path that you actually feel drawn to live or to walk, you know? And and for me, it was like, yeah, I don't feel fulfilled doing what I'm doing now. Mm. you know and and that was daunting too because ultimately it led to me leaving a a a career of 17 years you know and a month after that my wife quit hers and we pulled the kids out of school three months after that and gave away our stuff packed up the SUV and went traveling you know with no plan we we didn't do it well but we did it anyways and uh (laughs) we just started traveling and we literally traveled for about five years two and a half years we lived in Bali Indonesia of all places you know like 
it, it was amazing what happened when you start to lean into that kind of work and you start to really allow yourself to start to envision the life that you truly have always wanted, mm. but maybe had been too intimidated or afraid or concerned that either judgment, you know, or fear of failure, or, yeah. you know, there's lots of reasons we can tell ourselves why we shouldn't do something. But if we took just, you know, half as much energy and went into the reasoning of, well, why could I do it? You start to realize, you know, it, it, the only limiting factor is typically our, ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, and then this sort of brings, wow. us, brings us back, you know, everything that you're saying is really interesting when you when you underlie it with the word of vulnerability, when you underlie, because yes. yeah. vulnerability underlies all of that. I mean, right. leaving your yeah. leaving your business, selling, you know, packing up your stuff getting on a plane with no real plan of what you're going to do is leaving yourself pretty damn vulnerable. Right. I mean, that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a little crazy that some of the comments that we would get were, were rather entertaining um, from the standpoint, it's just people just, Oh, that's great for you guys. I can never do that. You know, like just, it, that was like the stock answer I would often get. Oh, that sounds so awesome, but I can never do that. You know? And I, and I would often say, well, why not? Like, yeah. well, why are you limiting yourself from that, you know, from this one specific thing? Or like, cause my feeling is, is that we probably limit ourselves in other areas the same way. You know, there's that old adage, you know, the way we do anything is the way we do everything. And, and I find that it's, it is very true for most part, you know, the way we approach certain challenges or opportunities, there's, there's a process that we normalize. Oh. you know and we have to ask ourselves well if we're not getting the results that we want maybe we should look at how we got to the result <laughs> period because there might be something there to explore okay. to get a little bit clearer on and to identify maybe we do something different like i see people all the time in the fitness space you know and i have uh, uh even some really close friends and it's like yeah i run every day and yet i'm not losing weight <laughs> and i'm like do you, are you asking a question here or are you just making a <laughs> statement? Like, are, are you asking for some input or are you asking to talk about this or some help or some, you know, like, because I'll see people do the same thing over and over expecting certain results. And yet those results don't come. I mean, Einstein had a definition of what that means. Right. Yeah, and say, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but, but when do you finally say, okay, enough's enough. Maybe I should do something different. Mm. And, and how and do you I, get to that space? There. How, but how do you get to that space? Because I think there's a lot yeah. of people out there going, uh, I wish I could do it. And I wish I could pack up my family or my business or whatever and just go get in a camper van and do what you've done or something equally, you know, just move yeah. to a different part of the world or just quit their nine to five, which is yes. draining them of everything. And they'll be like, well, because I don't have any savings or because I don't know how I'd make any money or I don't know how I'd survive. There's a, is, is that been your experience when people say I couldn't do that? And you go, why? Um, they say, is it those kind of, I can't survive things? That That is very common. It is very common, but it's also, you know, depending on where people are at in their stages of life, like I, I find that there's just a lot of excuses you know, like they're very quick to come to those answers. And I'm like, well, how did you come to that answer? Why yeah. so quickly? Like, it's one thing to say, well, I don't have the finances. Okay, fair enough. But have you ever considered what, what would be the number that you would need to feel comfortable and confident that you could do that? Yeah. Is that even an option? Would you even want to entertain yourself with that idea? You know, because we're so quick to get to the answer of no, or to, to really justify that underlying belief that I could never do that, yeah. you know, and here's why. And, and, it, and I find often it's just excuses, you know, they're not, they're not founded in reality. And what I mean by that is like, it's just, we haven't done the work to try to formulate a plan to even possibly do it. You know, mm. we're just quick to say no. Mm. And, uh, you know, what, what really got me very aware of this in myself was uh, I was turned on to a, a, a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying by yeah. Bronnie Ware. You're familiar with that? I Have don't, that? but just the title, I'm like, yeah, I mean. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're, you, you know, I, I think you and anybody watching and listening to this, you'll, you'll love it. She's got a great TED Talk. So you can just watch the TED Talk if you want. It sort of surmises what the book talks about. But I'll give you sort of the, the, the short version here. It's, you know, here's this woman that was an RN and, and she took it upon herself to make people comfortable at end of life. That's what she really specialized in, you know, sort of like hospice-type settings. Yeah. And, 
I mean, that is a, a, a heck of a journey, you know, for anybody, because it's, it's that final journey that we often have to take on our own. And it's yeah. very lonely. And mm-hmm. I remember my dad going through it with his cancer. And it, I mean, that 10 days in the hospice was, was awful, you know, for everybody involved, <laughs> like, but yeah. especially my dad, I just remember him just sort of, he woke up, you know, they had him, he was in a lot of pain with his pancreatic cancer. And uh, I remember they sort of knocked him out, just keeping him really his pain control. So he, I remember him coming out of a nap and waking up and like, oh, I'm still here. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like my dad was pretty funny, but uh, it was kind of tongue in cheek with that, but it was, uh, you know, people just there waiting and, so here you get people at this end of life stage, often on their own. You mm-hmm. have this wonderful nurse that has a great bedside manner that really just wants to get to know people. Mm-hmm. And she would often ask a singular question. Is there anything you regret not doing with your life? And she started to document the answers she got. And the majority of all the answers she got from every single person she'd ask would have the answer of one to five. You know, there was any one Maybe just one of those, uh, uh, um, basically, uh, very common people had multiple, okay, regrets. But but she found that it was always the same five, okay. you know, that would be regurgitated again and again and again. And she's like, okay, well, this is crazy. There's obviously something to this. But one of them, which always sticks in my mind is, you know, I wish I'd lived the life I wanted to live, not the life I believed others expected of me. <sighs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was my feeling, too. When I heard that, one. I was like, oh, gosh. And so, you know, to put things in, in, into focus right now and what I've already shared as far as the path that I've been following, you know, I realized that that path that I'd been on for 17 years building a company and working in a certain sales environment and believing that that was what I was meant to be doing. You know, I started questioning, well, why did I even get into this to begin with? Yeah. You know, like, was this something I always wanted to do? Well, not really. I just sort of happened into it and it just became a career and but then you, you start to think well I, there's other people that I'm responsible for now and and you know maybe I should stay here because you know my family and our safety that consistency with income like I mean there's all these variables that we just don't know yeah if we make a change yeah. but the, I'll just tell you short answer I don't want to be on my deathbed you know whenever that happens and thinking gosh you know that time when I could have left that career and you know, experience life as a full-time family, showing our kids the world, man, I really wish I did that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't willing to do that, you know, no. So. Okay. So we have, we have this very clear issue that I think so many people Mm. will be able to identify with is that you've, you've landed into life. You've been pushed through the system of school where they go, right, what's your career? Let's do something sensible, mm-hmm. you know, be a doctor, get a, you know, a profession, <laughs> get a skill, yeah. whatever. Um, and you go, okay, uh, that's obviously what I'm supposed to do because society, authority figures, my family, culture have told me this is what I need to do in order to be successful and to be mm-hmm. happy within, you know, that's the, that's what we're told. And you've got yourself into this position and you're then feel like you're like, you wake up 10 years later and you go, holy crap, I'm just on a hamster wheel here. And I'm just doing things because I've got to, the alarm goes off at 6.30 every morning. And I drag myself out of bed going, God, the weekend can't, weekend can't come soon soon enough. (laughs) And, and then at the weekend, I'm just going to go out drinking with the lads or I'm going to go and, you know, get my nails done or just like yes. have a moment that's just for me and then I'll just do it all over again and then I'll meet somebody <laughs> and then I'll have kids and then I'm really yeah. stuck in it I mean like this is everybody's story right so yeah it is so it what is. is it that that will give people the freedom to go actually mm. I want out of this rat race moment this this hamster wheel like it's what is it that can get you from that point to being where you mm. got to? Because you went through a big change. You were like, okay, alcohol's yep. a problem in my life. I'm going to cut that out. I'm going to do the work. And now, aha, I see there is mm. there is more to life than just this stuff that I'm doing. And brilliant, I'm off. I'm I'm no regrets guy. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and. But but it's and everybody that's listening is going yeah but it's not that simple you like I, how do I oh, how do I get to that place what's your advice? Well, I think 
you know, you, <laughs> love how you painted the picture, by the way, because it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's exactly as it was, you know, and uh, and I know it, all of us can be nodding right now, just saying, yep, yep, yep. And uh, I, I what it really boils down to is lack of clarity. Right. And and because when we don't have clarity. We tend to not feel very confident. You know, and, and just our choices, the actions that we follow the choices with, like we just it's really hard to confidently move forward when we're not confident that this path that we're going down is actually the path we're meant to be on, or it, it may not even be that clear to us. You know, we feel like we're bushwhacking, <laughs> you know, like the first one's on this trail. And, and what happens is, and I ask people, just think about this in your own life. You know, when you felt really, really clear about something, how did your confidence feel around that thing? And, and inevitably people always say, well, I felt really confident. I was really sure of myself, you know, to at least take that first action step or that first, um, just take that first step in that journey, so to speak. And you end up procrastinating less, which is a nice byproduct of this whole idea of clarity and confidence. Because when we're not feeling clear, we're not feeling confident, and we're unsure about the next steps, hmm. we do find ways of using that time. Yeah, or yeah. maybe, as you said earlier, that numbing effect. And we can numb ourselves with binge-watching Netflix. And I believe it, I'm not here to vilify or speak negatively. I mean, I do that too, all right? But, <laughs> you know, if that becomes the normal and it's an everyday thing and it's holding you back from really leaning into the things that you've always identified as being something that you wanted, but maybe convince yourself that it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then you create excuses to justify that, to prove to yourself, you know, this confirmation biases are real, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, we're there. We, we want to, because it makes us feel better if we can justify the why nots. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, take half as much energy and apply it to the, the why, yeah. you know, like why you can and why you will and why you will do this. And um, so with this, there's three questions I think can really support people with starting this process. The first question, can I do this? <laughs> because it doesn't matter what we're talking about. We're talking about some pretty big change here, potentially, you know, change to whatever the normal is to becoming some new normal, but you got to bridge the gap <laughs> and it's going to involve a bit of a leap. It's also going to involve a little bit of vulnerability, right? You're going to have to get honest with yourself, get really clear and be okay. This is just a pro process of sort of working through the possibilities it doesn't mean that you're quitting your job tomorrow okay um i mean maybe it does good on you uh that it wasn't it was an 18 month process to get to the place where i finally decided i was going to leave this career of 17 years you know 18 months all right like it was it wasn't like i thought wow oh, this is a good idea it was like it was an inkling of an idea but i had to explore it i i had to get to a place where i really wanted it you know mm -hmm. and, and i felt confident that moving forward was the best option for me and, and really something I wouldn't regret, you know, doing. Yeah. And um, so that first question is wonderful because it identifies some gaps in our knowledge. You know, can I do this? Can I do this change? Can I make this shift? Can I leave a career of 17 years? Like, really, can I do that? I mean, of course I can, but what are the ramifications? You know, as a teenager, just as an example, I was morbidly obese. You know, up until the age, and that's why fitness is such a big part of my life because it helped me with this initial transformation I went through from age 15 to 17. And it changed the trajectory of my life, you know, it was by getting healthy, going from morbidly obese to a healthier state of body and mind and spirit, right? And uh, it was a valuable lesson to pick up early on. And, um, but I remember thinking to myself, can I actually get healthy? You know, as a 15 year old boy, morbidly obese, dealing with a lot of mental health challenges that came with that. You know, can I get healthy? I mean, I wasn't really sure if I could. But I knew that if I could educate myself on ways to get healthy, I'd start to feel more confident to, to potentially find a yes to that answer, mm. you know, because I recognized it was a knowledge thing. I just didn't know what to do or how mm. to do it. Yeah. So when we ask ourselves, can I do this? It, it is going to identify the knowledge gap. Mm -hmm. So you you want to go and do some education, do some exercises. Maybe you work with a coach, maybe find a mentor, you know, like I wouldn't recommend talking to your parents because they are probably more traditional and they may not be open to these kind of changes because it's not something that they would have done, you know? Yeah. Um, so finding people that 
maybe have already done it or are currently doing it or uh, are just more experienced with what it is that you yourself have identified you want to do. So you got to get to a yes on question one. Yeah. Can I I do do it? And then after, okay, now you've got the yes. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Now you go to question two. And it's like, okay, if I do this, will it work? Right. Like I remember, you know, being a team, like being like, okay, well, if I start moving my body, start exercising, and I actually change on what I eat. Cause I've been reading all these books on nutrition. I've been reading the magazines, looking at people that go from working out to, to, to now being healthy. And it's like, wow, clearly it, it works for them. So I think it's going to work for me. So yeah. Can I do this? Yeah. I think I can do this. But if I actually go through all this effort, <laughs> like is the result actually going to happen? Will I really be healthy? Because how many of us have done these sorts of things or made certain commitments to these things and then maybe not got the result that we wanted? Yeah. And I mean, the more that's happened to us in our lives, we start to believe that maybe this just isn't meant to be. Yeah. You know, I've had short term yeah. results only then to slide yes. back. And that's the commonest yes. thing. Thank you. That's a great way to put it. Um. So, you know, if I do this, will it work? Fortunately for me at the time when I was doing a lot of this research and the same with, you know, making this transition to become a nomadic family, traveling the world together, you know, from a a family that was very stable, had a full community and life in Vancouver, you know, like it was a big, big change, you know, and we're like, well, if we do this, will it work? Like, can we actually make this work for us as a family? And that's what we started to, to look for others that were already doing it. Yeah. Because it builds our own belief. Oh, well, they did it. I mean, look at that family. I mean, goodness, they're doing it. They got like four kids and they're doing this. I'm like, we only got two, thank goodness. You know, like we can do this. Yeah, exactly. Because it builds the belief, right? And and, and again, clarity builds confidence. Confidence also allows us to take action and and delay less, right? So you got to get to a yes and a yes. Mm. Now's the big question. Is it worth it? You know, when I'm talking to teams or organizations, I can use the term it. But when I'm talking to people just like you and I, and the people that are listening to this or watching this right now, it's like, you have to get really, really clear with yourself. Look in the mirror and say, hey, am I worth it? Mm. That one's not easy to answer. Yeah. You know, as that, when I was overweight and at my worst at age 15, you know, I, I avoided the mirror. I avoided photos. I mean, there's there's only a couple photos of me I can even prove to people that I was in that state because I avoided social settings. I was extremely introverted, dealt with social anxiety because I always thought people were judging or, or, or mocking or ridiculing me. Yeah. You know, I, that's just what I believed was going on around me. I believed everybody was always talking about me negatively. You know, that, that was, again, teenage boy. That's just where I was. Hmm. And, you know, am I worth it? I'll tell you at that time, I couldn't have honestly said I was. Yeah, but this is where the follow-up to that comes. It's like, who do I need to get around, you know, to support me with doing it, you know, making that change? Because if I don't think I'm worth it, I bet you there's other people out there that have felt the same way at some point in time. There's people that are making those changes. Like, who can I get around that can help me with this? Mm. And, And that identified community and finding people that would support me with some of the things I wanted to make changes around. You know, and and it's it's empowering to find a great community. Yeah. You know, like people that are a few steps ahead. 
the foundation of everything and i'm going to i'm going to have to because this cuz what i do i'm going to have to bring everything back to chakras because you know meditate mm. chakra way and all of that yes, yes. but what you're talking about there is this foundational root energy of the root chakra which is your family is the foundation mm. of everything your community and it's not just your birth family although that's obviously mm-hmm. important but your your mm-hmm. community is the thing that gives you the stability that allows you to hold boundaries that keeps mm. you safe and in survival mode and that's what you know if without that without community i think that's that's absolutely key mm. and i think there's you know there's a lot of things said about social media the evils of social media mm. but actually <laughs> if you're smart about it the support and the groups and the wonderful people that are there on social media for you to find and to become a part of that little gang of people who understand this or talk about that or you know mm-hmm. there are tons of people out there that you can use now to identify you know like um mm. i followed that you probably do too the bucket list family I've the oh, other, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> amazing i've been following yeah. them for years and they've done exactly what you did but like probably x10 you know they've come they've been doing it for years and years and they maybe- built a whole business around it. actually it was funny because they had started in on theirs maybe eight or nine months before we set out you know, because we set out back in 2015, like that's when we first went out on our five-year adventure and uh, they were right around that time building. He had transitioned, sold his business yeah, and was just starting to lean into that. So it, my wife specifically, you, you know, used them and what they were doing as just yeah. that inspiration for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then yeah, again, it did great. help that he sold his business for several million and, you know. A lot. <laughs> he had. That's, yeah. let's, let's discount that. But yeah. what I'm getting at is that <laughs> online there is community out there. There is inspiration uh, out there for everybody yeah. and anybody. And that is That's right. wonderful. And then the other thing that you were saying, I just want to take you back to what you were saying about mm-hmm. finding mm-hmm. this clarity. Because for mm-hmm. me, when you say that, you know, finding that clarity will give you confidence. For me, clarity is all about third eye. Mm-hmm. It's all about listening to and trusting your intuition. Because when you know, you know, and there's like, it's not like anything that needs to be discussed or even like no pros and cons list required because you know it. And that's where what you're talking about doing this inner work, doing this soul search in whichever direction and whatever modality. And this is why I love talking to people like you, because, you know, you're not some kind of spiritual guru type person. You're just like a dude who's done this. And I think what my purpose here with this podcast and talking to everybody is to find examples of people who have managed to change their lives, who've managed to kind of create this life that they want through doing a little bit of soul set, a little bit of work. They doesn't mm-hmm. have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to be woo woo. It can just be straightforward. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got my shit together and I, <laughs> and I changed my life. And you don't have, doesn't have to be, you know, like, oh, you know, I went and meditated in the desert for, you know, however long and then <laughs> I vision, or I went to work with a shaman who, you know, wafted mm. some smoke over me and my life changed. Like there's a really straightforward human way of facilitating change. And you are a really great example mm. of that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, I can honestly say that now in retrospect, yeah, I appreciate that comment, but I'll tell you when you're going through it at times, especially going through big change, that it, it, there's really isn't much that's easy about it, you know, like, especially if it starts to really challenge that foundational belief system, you know, like just, I, I had that belief that no, I find a great career and I stay in that career, right? Like this is, this is it. And I grow up and I retire doing this thing. And, and I know that's being challenged. It might be older way of thinking, but that's what I was modeled through my parents. Yeah, I'm still of that generation where my parents had a career. They had that whole career of their entire lives. Right. Yeah, and stay in the company until retirement. Yeah. See you later by times. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. So- and, and that was still what I was aware of. So, you know, to have a paradigm shift is like what we're talking about here, like a complete shift of, of, aligning our life or realigning our life, I think is probably a better way of putting it, to the values that we we, we pride, you know? And when I say pride, I mean, it, it's the ones that you are not willing to negotiate on. You, you were mentioning well, the, the boundaries idea, you, you know? Those, those yes, thank you, thank you. 
heart needs and desires of the soul of the spirit yes it's oh. getting in touch with that, that and then and then listening to the old intuition oh. but what i want to ask you is like on yeah. a daily basis okay so mm-hmm. you've done mm-hmm. the whole overarching thing of the change <laughs> adventure the whole thing and you had to wake up every morning and go okay here we go again like this is <laughs> this is it right so how am i going to do so on a daily basis, what were your coping mm. mechanisms? Because obviously the drink wasn't there for you. To, I mean, you've never got any right. carried on drinking, but yeah. like your daily coping mechanisms, like you'd wake up in the morning and you go, okay, so today I've got to do whatever. And, you know, we're traveling, we're moving, we're selling, but, you know, mm-hmm. but how did you deal? What were your coping mechanisms on a daily basis? Well, a big one for me has always been my fitness. Yeah, You know, so working my body with intentions or, or as I say, moving your body with in it's it's intentional movement every day. And what I mean by that is it's movement that's going to elicit a positive adaptation in your health. Mm-hmm. It might elevate your heart rate. So we call that cardiovascular training, right? Where we might go out for a run, a jog, a hike, go for a swim. I mean, whatever it is, but that yoga. gets the pulmonary system moving. Yes, yoga. Thank you. And I'll, I'll tell you, yoga, I... It's like the hardest one. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it gets the heart rate going really well. So you're doing something like in hot yoga, right? But uh, yoga is, again, another example. But you're moving your body with this in very, very clear intention. And it's to improve your health and well-being. Mm. And, and so every day, I would always carve out time for me, you know? And it was a non-negotiable. Mm. Like my fitness is a big thing. Because I know... I show up as the version of the person I want to be more frequently and with less resistance when I've got fitness happening regularly. Like I just, my mental health's in a better place. I feel better. I feel more present. I feel engaged. I just, I know me well enough mm. that if I'm doing that consistently, I show up as a better, ver- as my better version, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was a, a non-negotiable that was consistent. Mm. And, and just a quick note, though, like I'm not so picky that I prescribe that this is how I do that every day. Mm. You know, I know some people are very ritualistic when they try to create their morning routines or rituals, but I, I can find I, I've personally found that can be problematic at times because our lives change and yeah. the, the things in our life change. And, and you don't it, want it's an easy way to start. Yes. yes. But also you start to feel like you're failing sometimes. Yeah, because exactly. life is going to throw you off. And, and if we're quick to prescribe things as doing them a certain way, like I, I remember often I get clients, it's like, well, if I can't go to the gym at least four times a week, I mean, why, why, why bother? Mm. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like <laughs> that's the wrong attitude, but it's because they believe that's what I used to do in the past. And it's what gave me my results. So if I can't do at least that, I probably won't get the results. So why bother? Mm. You know, and that's sort of back to that question too, right? If I do this, is it actually going to work? Yeah. You know, like yeah. we have yeah. to feel confidence that the actions are going to at least bring us closer to the results that we've identified we want um, because just... that intrinsic and extrinsic motivators, right? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. No, no, no it's okay. Yeah. I'm just yeah. aware that we've, you know, time is pressing and I have a couple more Oh questions, my goodness. But oh, wow. I, oh yeah. I, I didn't know. realize what time it was. <laughs> it's flying so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <sighs> the question I want to ask you is the same question. Like how did you cope on a daily basis? Hmm. Um, how did your wife, how did your wife deal with the change? How, what was her coping mechanism? For my wife, she's still, you know, community and connection is a big one with my wife. And, and, but also the kids at that time were still pretty young, you know, mm-hmm. like they were barely 10 years old each, you know, our youngest, I think was eight at the time. Or was she nine? Yeah. It would have been 11. Yeah. Nine and 11, where it was the nine. age of our daughters at the time when we went off on this adventure um, but my wife, her, her big thing is connection. So her family's all over the place. You know, she has some family in California. She has uh, Northern British Columbia. That's the, the province that we live in. You know, she has family up there. She has family out east. And she comes, you know, she has five other siblings. And, and then, you know, all the uncles and the aunts. Like, she's got a huge family. I, I had a very small family. <laughs> she's got a huge family. And, but her staying connected with them and even just the little exchanges in the day through messaging, you know, or sharing of photos and videos. Uh, that was something that was very grounding for her. But even though we're off on this whirlwind adventure, lots of new things coming our way, a lot of big question marks every day, like, where are we sleeping tonight? You know, like, uh, you know, there's there's things like that that would come up. And, and, and that little connection piece definitely solidified our 
listen, it, we have to feel safe. You know, feeling safe is an important thing. You know, I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs as an example, right? Like what's yeah. down the very base there? It's like basic survival needs. Yeah. We need first and foremost. I mean, you want to be self-actualized, you know, and all that. But if you don't have the foundation set, mm. it's really hard to focus on anything above that. And mm. so for my wife, also knowing that, hey, if stuff goes south, <laughs> you know, if things go completely wrong, we have a family that care about us. Love that us. support system again, root track yes. yourself. Yes, yeah, you've got that foundation, you've got that community that will hold you. Correct, so valuable, so precious. And yeah. that was hers, that was her coping yeah. mechanism. You know, okay. she did a lot of that, and she also journals a ton. Like, that was a big thing for her, just organizing her thoughts every day, just sort of getting anything that's coming up on her mind. And uh, she's really good with that stuff, she's very. You yeah. know, methodical. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's very that's and that's that's really interesting. And it's a it's a very um yeah, it's a very beautiful way to cope, actually, because mm-hmm. you know, no man is an island and all of that kind of all women. Yeah, right. <laughs> so listen, I'm gonna bring you back to the something you said right at the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. or maybe I said it, but I know it's one of your things, and I just want to touch on it really quickly because I find it interesting. You say you're still dating your wife after 23 mm-hmm. years which is so mm-hmm. romantic and so lovely. And I'm imagining that you are just a, a very gorgeous, loving, you know, making an effort kind of man. So let's just give some words of advice and encouragement for all the girls out there to go listen to this guy and for all the guys out there to go, hmm, yeah, maybe I could do better. <laughs> well, language is important, right? Yeah. Language, but specifically the language that we use to speak to ourselves every day when no one else is around. Like it's, it's just language. It's probably because also I went to school for English lit and philosophy. That's but I ended up in fitness. Like most of us, you know, with, with those kind of degrees, it's like teacher or lawyer. I'm like, no <laughs> fitness. Yeah. But, but anyways, you know, so I, I am a stickler with language. And when we really look at this whole relationship piece, like my wife and I have gone through so much in the last 23 years together, like so much, like it's, it's crazy. Like every once in a while we sit around, we just try to, articulate back and forth. Well, let's just recap our lives together. You know, it's a fun exercise to do. You know, if you're out for dinner together, it's like, let's go from day one to where we are now. Let's just think about all those big milestones. And it was huge. It's huge when we go through that list and it's like, holy smokes, we have grown a lot. And we both know that we're very different people today than we were 23 years ago when we first met. Yeah, of course. And along the way, we've also changed a lot. And if we didn't intentionally set time and prioritize that non-negotiable time for us to continuously date and rediscover the people that we're becoming, we'd be robbing ourselves of the opportunity to continuously fall in love again and again. And so dating my wife is very intentional, you Mm. know, and the way we do this, and I, you know, again, I I talked about this idea of trying not to be too prescriptive, but this has worked for us. It's non-negotiable every Saturday night from five to 11, it's blocked out on our calendars. It is non-negotiable. It's on both of our calendars. So there's no excuses. We know Saturday night from five to 11 is our time together. We don't prescribe what we're going to do on those nights. And actually we take turns every other week. I'll plan the night. She'll plan the next week's night, you know, and we alternate it back and forth. But we know no matter what goes on through the chaos of the week and all of our lives and, you know, just stuff happens. We're both working, you know, we got our kids, we got friends, we got family, like it just life is full, you know, yeah. as it should be, because we want to fill it. Yeah. But we know we're always going to have Saturday night together to connect. Mm. And it's really been instrumental in our relationship. And it, it didn't always start that way. It was something that we sort of came to, especially after I went through that big change and moving away from alcohol, like basically saying no to boo so I could say yes to the life I'd always wanted, yeah. you know? And and during that process, this is where we really got clear on some of the intentions we want with our relationship. And that was one of them, you know, uh, to always be dating. So, so beautiful that because it's so goddamn simple. It's like it so is. <laughs> you know, there's no secret, you know, it's just understanding that concept that if you want a long-term marriage, you know you're all gonna change. And to actually yes. keep, you know, and it's so easy to lose that, just go, oh, you're just mm. there, you're just there, you're just there, and like let's just watch telly, let's just do it. 
and actually to keep that um, conversation alive, to have conversations that aren't just about the kids or the admin mm. or the bills, but to yeah. actually go, what is interesting you today? What is, um, yeah, no, it's big work. It's big work, big heart chakra stuff where you've got a big heart die. And I'm so grateful to you for spending time today. Listen, tell people how they can Ew. get in touch with you if they want to reach out and get a little bit of your energy. <laughs> well, thank you, first and foremost. It's been an honor to be here today. And, uh, you, you know, before I share that, I just want to acknowledge you because what you're doing and what you're creating, I know it's not easy. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of resources, especially time to constantly create and to put this kind of, of platform out to the world. So all of us out there can be little flies on the wall to listen in on these great conversations and learn, right? And grow and, and experience life on a wavelength that we thought wasn't possible before, you know, and, and I just got to commend you for that. Thank you. And it's been an honor being here today. It's been so cool. And, uh, um, listen, if people want to have a conversation with me, I'm really easy to get a hold of That's one thing about having a unique name. I'm pretty easy to find. If you can spell it right, you're going to find me. No problem. You know, and dies <laughs> D A I Manuel is M A N U E L. Right, and if you can type that into any search, uh, any search function, whether it's Google, search engines, or any social platform, you'll find me. Yeah, I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are my two primary platforms, though, because I also recognize I work with a lot of CEOs, high performers, business owners. They often shy away from social, but they're on LinkedIn. So uh, no, that's <laughs> the one on social that I'm yeah. not on, and I just don't oh. understand it at all. But I really we feel should like have a talk. Yeah, we'll have a talk. Yeah, you, you'd be great on LinkedIn. They need you. Trust me. They need you. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. This is the conversation yeah. for later. In the meantime, <laughs> thank you so much thank for joining me. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. I really appreciate it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.